Welcome to episode number two of Local Gov Life from ICMA. I'm Rob Carty. This monthly podcast focuses on a topic of interest to local government and takes it for a spin with several segments that share fresh approaches and new ideas that you can apply to your life and in your community. This month, we take an in-depth look at humor. We will hear how one city manager uses humor to diffuse situations at work and at home and how one local leader spends his extra time clowning around. First, here's a story from ICMA Executive Director Bob O'Neill. When I was the city manager in Hampton, one of the things that we tried to do was to interject a little bit of humor into the often serious work that we do. And so we modeled after what used to be done at ICMA. We had a fabulous flop ceremony, and we would ask departments to um, suggest things that they had done that were done for the right reasons, but turned out not to be terribly successful, and we sort of recognized and celebrated that. And to give you an example, uh, one year we decided that uh, a way to generate revenue was to charge the churches, particularly the Catholic Church, payments in lieu of taxes. And uh, uh, when I received a letter from uh, uh, the Archbishop and the Cardinal suggesting that my place in heaven was probably at risk, the um, council completely caved. So that was an example of one of the things we were trying to do something for the right reason, um, and it did not work out, and we celebrated sort of the attempt to do the right thing all the time. Um, secondly, I, I always tell the story about how wonderful it is to be part of local government, and uh, when I first started as an intern, my first my first job was uh, to follow a street patching crew in southeast Virginia and during the entire summer, doing time and motion studies. People could remember what time and motion studies were. Um, and you can imagine how hot it was. It was probably 140 degrees behind that truck. And I was with the crew the entire summer and diligently prepared my report and presented it to the city manager. And everybody sort of chuckled at uh, my report. And then it was pretty obvious that the purpose of the report probably wasn't to determine the efficiency of the crew, but more to uh, judge whether the kid could stick it out and do the tough work that was going to be required. And everybody got a big laugh out of that. And, and so it was sort of a rite of passage, and it was something that everybody sort of had experienced one time in their in their uh, career. And it got to be a funny story over time, particularly when I then became city manager many, many years later. People from that crew used to laugh about that. And uh, it was a way of sort of bonding uh, throughout the organization that we all have these kinds of experiences. These are just two examples of how finding ways to lighten up the serious work of local government can bond teams and people together. In July's PM Magazine, American University professor Patrick Malone writes about how laughing at situations like these and injecting humor into the workplace is very important for an effective leader. Patrick says that humor is especially important in the public sector. Patrick explains... Public sector leaders uh, have challenges that are unlike any other um, leader, I think, in any sector. 
you know, uh, Apple, uh, the Apple doesn't really care if they sell a product to uh, a poor child that lives in Southeast D.C. because that's not their target audience. Um, you know, the people that work in the public sector serve everyone, and not only do they serve everyone, uh, they serve everyone based on constitutional values, not business values. And, and, and it should never be business values because business values are not about equity. They're not about representativeness. They're not about fairness. They're not about equality. They're about profit. There's nothing wrong with profit unless you're serving the public. So I think public servants have this very unique set of challenges. I don't think humor looks different in, in various sectors by any means. I don't think it looks different. I think it has different effects because I think it has different effects because of the type of challenges that people in, in, the, in the public sector face versus others. I think it's far more needed in, in the public sector because of the nature of the work that's done and the importance of the work that's done because there's no more noble calling than, I mean, at least in my view, there's no more noble calling to me than working in the public service. Patrick goes on to explain how leaders use humor to create a better work environment. What is it that makes the best leader the best leaders? And I think the best leaders are those that have um, a very strong sense of who they are and and a very strong sense of who they're not. And they're willing to share that. Um, you know, I might call it relational transparency. They're, they're, they're willing to share that vulnerability with the people that they lead. Check out Patrick's article in the July 2016 edition of PM Magazine for more. Opal D. Maudlin Robertson, city manager of Lancaster, Texas, embraces Patrick's thoughts and utilizes humor constantly as a management tool. However, she hadn't always embraced humor, but instead learned this skill from her mentor. Opal explains. My mentor and my former predecessor uh, in the city of Lancaster here, uh, Ricky Childers, who I uh, looked up to, and Ricky has the most infectious laugh. I, I mean, it's a loud, boisterous laugh. I mean, talking about it now, I can visualize, you know, his head back and him laughing really loud about something. Um, but Ricky used humor throughout the, the office. And one of the things I learned from him in doing so is that we can still get the job done. Uh, we can still be about the business. Um, but, we could, you know, sometimes we could just laugh at, the, laugh at ourselves. And I watched Ricky deal with a number of tough situations. Um, and how he would address it is, you know, he would simply say, okay, and oftentimes he would laugh about it and go, okay, it's really not that serious. Um, or he would go, oh, boy, it's the worst they can do. They can't eat you. Um, and, and he would laugh even as he's telling me these things. And so I really watched him deal with some very tough situations, but he used he used humor to deal with it. And sometimes I meant even laughing at himself. I oftentimes find that difficult, but Ricky uh, was very good about doing that, and he brought humor into the workplace. And I think working with him and working around him is a lot of what allowed me to be more open uh, to the fact that you can still have fun in the workplace while getting the job done at the same time. As Patrick alluded, the use of humor in local government is important. Opal speaks about the pressure her organization is under, but how humor can make things lighter for her staff. In local government, we deal with a very stressful um, level, and we're in a very stressful situation. Um, in our workplace today. Uh, residents and citizens and even business uh, residents expect so much. Um, and our resources have not necessarily grown uh, at the same level uh, at, as the expectations. Uh, but you have to learn how to use humor to um, make things lighter 
um, without being offensive, and that's critically important, to be able to utilize humor at the appropriate time, being situationally aware of how to use humor. Um, the other part is it takes fewer muscles to smile than it does to frown. I know we've all heard that old adage before, but I think that that's really important, that we smile, that we laugh, um, and, and, and utilize that because we spend a great amount of time uh, in our offices and in our professional worlds that we have to be able to enjoy that as well as having a sense of pride and accomplishment. Jim Bennett, city manager of Biddeford, Maine, and president of ICMA in 2015, took some time to share his rather unique take on the subject of humor in local government. For those of you who don't know, Jim spends his free time as Jinjo the Clown. How did Jim get into clowning? I had always wanted to be, become a member of the Shrine. Um, in order to be a member of the Shrine, you have to be um, already a member of the Masons. And I had been a Mason since I was uh, fairly young. Um, and so I had the opportunity to go through the, um, the initiation process to join the Shrine. And then you were faced with, if you really wanted to get involved, you had to select one of the units. And, uh, and a couple of people I knew that were clowns, so they invited me to go to clown college with them, which was a three-day weekend. Um, and we ended up uh, really enjoying it, and so I ended up becoming a clown. Jim told us that it's always interesting to see the reaction of his employees when they learn that he's a clown in his free time. However, the results of them knowing he clowns helps introduce humor into the workplace. Jim explains. I think humor in the workplace um, makes you seem very much more humanistic. Um, and if people see you more as a person, I think they tend to trust you more than if um, you're seen as a boss. And I think humor is one of those universal languages that um, connects people. Jim is just Jim at work. He rarely brings his persona of Jinjo into the workplace. That doesn't mean his organization doesn't know how to have fun and laugh. He shared a great example of that with us. If I remember one of the communities, we had this sort of um, small miniature like um, robot thing that came. And so we... Uh, we labeled it Cranky, and, and we used to pass it around the management team based on um, the person that had it, got to select who would get it next, and it was a, uh, a uh, you would get Cranky if there was something that happened during the week that legit, legitimately would be under normal circumstances that you should be cranky about it, um, but it was a reminder to sort of let that stuff will walk you back and have fun with it. So Cranky got sort of rotated around in that community for a couple of years, and uh, it was uh, um, ended up being kidnapped, as I recalled, and it ended up um, going on some vacation somewhere, and sort of Cranky ended up becoming a, f a flat Stanley, and I'm not really sure whatever happened with that. I think that's still floating around in that community somewhere. This is one of the many examples of how Jim implements humor in his organizations. Jim's story is not just about humor in the workplace, but also finding balance in his life. As you heard throughout this episode, public sector leaders are under immense pressure. Work-life balance is critical. Jim's Jinjo persona and volunteering with the Jaffa Mosque allow him to escape some of the stress and just make people laugh. 
You know, we're temporary custodians of the position we have. We're temporarily um, entrusted and, and invested with this leadership, but we're not always going to be a city or a town manager or a county manager or an assistant or department head. And if you do not have some balance in your life when it comes time where you are no, you're no longer doing this, um, I think you're going to be pretty miserable, and I think the people around you are going to be pretty miserable. And so I, I think um, having some escape is very healthy. I think um, having um, some balance that work isn't always about work. Work is sometimes about, as I said earlier, being this um, productively playful in the workplace is really important. And I think the colleagues that I've seen that have figured out a way to sort of make sure that they don't take themselves too seriously are often the people that are the most respected, not only by their peers, but also by the, the people in the community they serve. And that's it for this episode of Local Gov Life. Let us know what you think about the ideas that Patrick Opal and Jim shared with us by going to icma.org forward slash episode two and using the comment section. Subscribe now to the Local Gov Life podcast series and tell a friend about us. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and share on social media. We rely on your help to grow our audience. I'm Rob Carty. Thank you for listening to this episode of ICMA's Local Gov Life. 